Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. Today we're continuing our series that we began last week called Give It Away. And we're in, last week we talked about prayer and the, the core scripture that we're using for it is found in Matthew chapter 16, 24 to 25. Let's read this together. Matthew chapter 16, 24, 25. Read with me. If any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And the answer to that question is no. <laughs> Nothing's worth more than your soul. So we deny ourselves. So last week we talked about prayer and how in prayer that, that daily continual conversation with God, how we're giving it away and saying, Lord, let your uh, power, your authority, and your peace be in my life as I walk in that. And so this week, we're talking about fasting, talking about fasting. So let's just dive right into it as we give it away in fasting. So what is fasting? Well, though, a lot of people, when they think about fasting, they think about giving up social media. They think about, you know, giving up uh, maybe music or sports or whatever. Uh, biblically, and those, it's, it's, if those things are getting in the way and the distraction, it's good to do that. It's good to dial that back. But when we're talking about fasting, though, it's good to dial those things back. Uh, it's important to recognize when the Bible talks about it, it talks about food, right? It talks about what, what we're eating and, and uh, that we're giving away our option to eat food. Now, this could be a meal or it could be for a day or it could be a, a few days and we still drink water. And I always put the caveat that, you know, if you have some health conditions, I, I know like, like if a diabetic or if you're pregnant or whatever, consult your doctor, right? Get with your doctor. The Lord gave us great medical people. How many are thankful for medical people, okay? So get with them, okay? But uh, I'm not pregnant or diabetic, so that doesn't pertain to me. So we're talking about giving up, giving up food for a season. And as we talk about fasting, you know, fasting, it was modeled, and it was, and it was an expectation. It wasn't commanded, but it was expected as just a common practice of those who follow God. You know, when we look at the Old Testament, the list of biblical people who, who fasted, it's like a who's who, right? We have, we have Moses, uh, King David, uh, Elijah the prophet, uh, Queen Esther, uh, Daniel, and, and Anna the prophetess. Uh, all of these people fasted. And in the Old Testament, Jewish people, they would often fast at, di at different seasons. So on the Day of Atonement, in preparation for confession and, and atonement and forgiveness of sins, uh, they would be called to a fast. And fasting, it was even, it was a response to an event. You know, in Psalm 35, uh, it says that David, he interceded and he prayed and he fasted for the healing of his enemies. Imagine that. He fasted for his enemies, those who were, that were out to hurt him. King David, he fasted for them. Uh, fast, fasting in Isaiah 58, as we read earlier, it was also connected to uh, doing justice and caring for the poor and providing food for your hungry, as we said earlier, not, not hiding from relatives that need, that need your help. Uh, and when we get to the New Testament, uh, fa fasting was, was definitely modeled and very plain in the life of Jesus and was a common practice. And, you know, we, we see this at the beginning as Jesus prepared for his public ministry, right? He was led, 
into the wilderness, and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And even Jesus, when he would talk to his disciples, he wouldn't say, if you fast or I command you to fast. He just simply said, when you fast... Because, again, it was a common practice, right? It, would, it was common, and there's a lot of the common things that we do, right? It was, it was one of those things about, you know, like almost like when you brush your teeth. It's assumed that people brush their teeth because it's a common, healthy thing that we should all do. And it was assumed uh, because fasting is often in the category of things that we call spiritual disciplines. How many of you are familiar with spiritual disciplines? Well, fasting, it, it falls in this category, of spiritual disciplines. And it recognizes that in order to have healthy lives, uh, we all have these disciplines in place uh, to help us. You know, some of the disciplines that we have is, uh, is we sleep every night, hopefully. You know, if we're not sleeping, it's like, please pray for me that I can go to sleep. But most doctors will say it's good to get eight hours of sleep tonight. We have the discipline of eating healthy uh, we have the, our own personal disciplines of good hygiene, of bathing and brushing your teeth. Uh, some people use conditioner. I don't, but, you know. Um, healthy minds, disciplines that we have, going to school, you know, reading. And it made me even think about when my mom began to get dementia, the, the, uh, her doctor told her to do crossword puzzles because that was a good discipline for her mind. And, and not that it would heal dementia, but it would help kind of keep her mind active and, and kind of delay or minimize some of the effects. And we also have disciplines in our relationships and our friendships. Uh, we have physical disciplines with exercise, whether we walk or whether we run or hike. I was down in Edmonds this past week, and I saw a, a guy out there. He swims out in the sound every, almost every day. He's got this, this shark that he, he tows behind him just so the boats can see him. So uh, what, however, whatever keeps you healthy. Uh, disciplines, these disciplines are important because they, they make us healthy, but they also they keep us healthy and they cause us to grow healthier. Discipline is an essential part of all of our lives because if you want to be healthy, if you want to be productive, um, and if you want to live this life to the full, you need to have some discipline in your life. I mean, if you stop the disciplines, then you'll, you'll find things break down. I mean, just stop the discipline of brushing your teeth and, and of having a, di- a diet of nothing but donuts. I mean, not only will your quality of life nosedive, but you'll also find yourself broke because you'll be paying all these dental bills and all these medical bills. I mean, so discipline, it's, it's, it's a good financial move for you, if not, to say the least. And in relation to these spiritual disciplines, the, the same is true with all the spiritual disciplines. The spiritual disciplines that, that the Bible has laid out for us, these are essential in our walk with God. You know, one of my favorite authors and uh, theologian is Dr. Donald Whitney, and he has this, this, this a wonderful book, uh, Ten Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health. And he says it this way. He says, the spiritual disciplines are the God-ordained means by which we bring ourselves before God, experience Him, and are changed into Christ-likeness. I mean, isn't that good? The spiritual disciplines, these are God-ordained means by which we bring ourselves before God, we experience Him through these disciplines, and we're changed. And he goes on to say in this book, he says, nothing contributes to the growth of spiritual heat and light more than the persevering practice of the Christian spiritual disciplines. God bless you. 
He said the disciplines are the bellows, the the iron poker, the the tools in God's hands through which he stokes and he blows upon the eternal fire he himself ignites in his people. So it's this imagery of these spiritual disciplines that the Lord has given us. It like stokes the fire, it keeps us warm, it, it engages us, it brings us alive. So what are we talking about when we're talking about spiritual disciplines? And some of these may be old hat to you, and some of these may be new. But just this is not an exhaustive list, but when we're talking about spiritual disciplines, we're talking about things like prayer last week. We're talking about disciplines like fasting. But it also includes things like studying your Bible. Uh, it's the discipline of worshiping together. See, there are times when coming together is very easy, and I'm running there, and there's times when it's tough, but I push through anyway because I know it's important that, that I need to do this. So a spiritual discipline is when we worship together like what we're doing today. The spiritual discipline of serving one another. Uh, the spiritual discipline of giving through tithes and offerings and giving to missions. Uh, the spiritual d- discipline of confession. The Bible says confess your sins one to one another that you may be healed. Um, but, and there's also the spiritual discipline of solitude. There were times that Jesus would kind of break away by himself. He'd send his disciples that way, and he'd go this way. Are there people in your life you do that too? I just need a break for a little minute. I need to get alone with, with the Lord for a while. Um, you know, I know moms that, that will they'll lock themselves in the bathroom just to get away from their kids for a little bit, you know, just to do that. Mommy loves you, but I need a minute, okay? Um, and there's also the spiritual discipline of celebration and gratitude. That's, that's a discipline to celebrate the goodness of God, to be thankful for the things that he's doing. And in, in all of these disciplines, I think it's important to recognize that all of these disciplines uh, are, are, are unique. I mean, just like the discipline of brushing your teeth, uh, there, are, there are benefits from that that cannot be received through the discipline of proper rest or, or proper study, Um, each spiritual discipline has these unique benefits that come with it. And as it relates to fasting, there are unique benefits to fasting that aren't received through any of the other disciplines. You know, as it relates to these disciplines, there's times when I'll hear someone say, you know, Pastor Duane, you know, um, I don't need to go to church. I read my Bible at home and I'm good to go, (laughs) right? That's like saying, I had enough sleep last night, so I don't need to brush my teeth today. It's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? But sometimes we don't make that connection as it relates to the spiritual discipline. See, I need to get rest. I need to brush my teeth. I need to eat healthy so that I can take care of my body. And spiritually, it's the same thing. I need to engage in all of these so that I can, as uh, Dr. Whitney said, engaging with the Lord, being strong, moving forward with the Lord. So, so why fasting? What's so important about fasting? Why is this something that, that Jesus modeled and it was just, it was assumed and it was just for every follower of Christ and those following God that they just did it? Well, one of the key things about fasting is that fasting, it deepens our intimacy with God. When we fast, it's an, op- it's an opportunity if we allow it, if we turn to the Lord to deepen our intimacy with God. You know, another one of my favorite authors, Alicia Scholin, she's written this amazing book, 40 Days of Decrease. And as we approach Lent, this is a wonderful book to read leading up to Easter. But she has this line that I think about all the time when I think about fasting. She said, it's the thinning of our life in order to what? Thicken our communion with God. Fasting is about thinning our lives in order to thicken 
our communion with God. See, the goal of fasting is not to prove that I'm willing to suffer for God, right? Look at me, God. I haven't had a burger in a week. I really love you, right? That's not the goal of fasting. You know, we, we don't prove ourselves to God. That's not what the gospel is about. See, the goal of fasting is meant to remind us of our dependence on God. It's meant to, uh, to, to, to remind us that God is our source of strength in everything that we do. You know, it's, it's a reminder that, you know, we are what we eat. Not just physically, but spiritually, and even in the areas of entertainment, to where if our lives, if we're just feasting on the culture around us, and that's the main influence in us, we're going to be like the culture that is around us. But instead, if we're feasting on God, we will grow in his image. We'll, we will grow into the likeness of Christ. That's why Jesus, he even said this in John chapter 6, 35, when he looked around and he said to them, he said, look, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never, ever thirst. I think it's important to, to, um, to look at this and realize that when Jesus said this, he said this the day after he performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000. We've been referencing that a little bit, but this was after, you know, he had this wonderful miracle. He's teaching people, and they're out, right, on, on the countryside. They have no food. The only person who had food was this little boy who had a good mom, I'm sure, that packed a good lunch for him. And he took this boy's lunch, and he blessed it, prayed over it, multiplied it, and it it fed over 5,000 people with baskets of food left over. And this miracle, it should have increased people's faith and led them to follow God and to trust him. And, And for some it did, but unfortunately, as it relates to this, there were many that instead of seeking Jesus, they began to expect Jesus to to be this vending machine, and they started following and saying, Jesus, when are you going to do it again? When are you going to give me some of that free food again? When when are you going to, you know, I'm feeling pretty hungry, Jesus. Can you feed me right now? Can you do this miracle? Give us more food, Jesus. But Jesus' response to those who tried to follow him in that way is in John chapter 6, 26, when Jesus, he replied to them, he said, look, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. He said, don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man, Son of Man can give you. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're missing it. You're missing it. See, Christianity following Jesus is not about getting whatever I want. It's about getting who I want. Jesus is the prize. My life is surrendered to God. And even in prayer, we pray and God says, bring all of your needs, cast all your burdens for the Lord, and we believe in healing. There are times when I've prayed and God has healed me. As a child, I was going blind, and they brought me before the elders of the church. They put oil on me, and though I understood none of that, the Lord healed me, and my sight was restored. And there are other things that I've prayed for, and I'm still praying for. But my prize And what I'm seeking after more than anything is not just the healing, though God does heal. My prize is Jesus. That's why Paul even said at times where he's like, it's better for me just to be done with all this and go to heaven, but for for the sake and the glory of God, I'm going to stay alive. He's keeping me here for these moments. Because Jesus is the prize. It's his will. It's his way. And as it relates to fasting, fasting is a reminder that the more dependent we are on God, the more we lean into him, the stronger we are. 
And see, when we're hungry, what's our first thought when we're hungry? To eat. That's my first thought. My first, my first thought is to eat. And, I'll, and when I'm really hungry, I'll grab whatever's easy, whatever's convenient. That's why, like, in Christmas, I'm like, honey, we've got to get rid of all this candy and stuff around us. I'll, I'll, I'll just grab it. It calls my name. Because when we're hungry, our first thought is to eat, to grab for something that's easy and convenient. But in fasting, the goal of fasting is that when we're hungry, instead of just reaching for food, I turn to God and I say, God, you're my supplier. In this moment, as I'm hungry right now, you're going to lead me, you're going to help me, you're going to strengthen me, and I'm turning to you and saying, God, what do you want? What is it that I need to be focusing on? I need to be dependent on you. And we bring this discipline into our life to remind us that we need God, to refocus our urge for food and to turn it towards God. That's why Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the well that will never run dry. When we forget that God is our source, we start heading off on a trajectory that is nothing but destruction and pain. He's the source of everything in my life. So in fasting, it reminds me that even in my hunger, God, you are my source, and I, I look to you. I look to you. See, hunger for food is refocused into a hunger for God, you know, to experience him strengthening us. And, you know, as I was praying through this and going through this, I was reminded, and I've, I've shared these stories with you before, so, for, so for, forgive me. Um, but for the new people, you may not have known, but when I was in elementary, um, as, a, as a little elementary kid, I was about 80 pounds overweight. Now, most elementary kids, and I wasn't six feet tall, <laughs> okay? So that was a lot of weight I was carrying around. And for elementary kids, you know, when you're in those lower elementary grades and you're walking through, you know, when, when you're overweight, no one cares, right? It's like, you know, as, you just you play with one another, you have fun with one another, you go through, and then you hit junior high, and all of a sudden, people begin to care. People begin to take notice. And, and you know, you, you start thinking about dating and all these kind of things. And, and all, all of a sudden, I'm look, you're looking around. I'm going, man, I'm, you know, uh, I, start, I started getting bullied. I started getting made fun of. Friends that would play with me before, now they're not playing with me. And, and they're calling me all of these names. And, and, and my mom saw this, and she's like, and so she's trying to help me to kind of get healthy. And, and, and I had a teacher, my seventh grade teacher, Mrs. Wells. Man, she, she saw what was going on. And here was her approach to me. She came up to me and she said, she said Dwayne, you know, um, I've been trying to get healthy and lose a little bit of weight. She said, would you help me in that? <laughs> I was the biggest kid in the class. And that was her way of not calling me out but kind of pulling me in. Aren't teachers wonderful? I mean, school teachers, thank you for all that, all that you do. And she came in, she walked alongside of me. I lost 80 pounds and lots of stuff that went on. But here was one of the tricks to that. That every time that I would get hungry, instead of thinking I want food, I would think when I'm hungry, I'm losing weight. When I'm hungry, you know, that, that means that, that the fat is burning off, right? And I would just grab it and I'd be like, just burn, burn, go away. 
and, and just walking through. But it took that mind shift to go that hunger is not a bad thing, that if I want to lose weight, if I want to get a goal that I want, that I need to embrace this hunger. And I just began to think every time that I'm, now I'm not a doctor, so talk to a doctor about this, but um, don't burst my bubble today, okay? But I began to think as I'm hungry, I'm losing weight. And it was a mind shift for me to where I began to look forward to the hunger because it meant that I was losing weight. And that's been a great lesson for me as it relates to fasting. Because just like everything else, right, it's like, you know, when I was going in athletics and stuff, when I would feel sore after a practice, my coach would say, that's your muscles getting stronger. Rest, but that's your muscles getting stronger. If you're not feeling sore, you're not growing. When I got off in piano and I would hit these hard parts and I pressed through, when it was difficult or whatever, my teacher would say, you're growing, Dwayne, you're growing, Dwayne. If you just keep playing by ear all the time, you're not going to grow. Air, your ear is good, but you've you got to press through. When I would hit math, whatever the discipline was, when I would kind of push through, that mindset of going, when you're experiencing pain, it's an opportunity for growth. The book of James says this, right? Consider it joy when you hit all these trials. This is how we grow in life, through these disciplines. And fasting is the same. Every time I feel hungry, I, I just tell myself, God is my provider. And, I, and you feel those hunger pains, you say, God, how, how should I pray right now? Where do I need to grow right now? You know, is there things that I should be doing instead of having lunch right now? Is there something else I can be doing? Or, you know, taking that lunch money, right? If you're going to go out, out, out for lunch on that day, is there someone else that needs this lunch money that I can be giving it to? Or someone that I can go and buy lunch for, or whatever it is. But you use that hunger pain to go, God, you're my provider. Speak to me right now. And as I do this, I am strengthened. That's why Jesus, when Jesus looked at his, at, at his disciples and those, those around him, Jesus said this in Matthew 6. He said, when you fast, don't look gloomy, right? Because there were people going, oh, I'm fasting, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just suffering for the Lord over here. You know? <laughs> and Jesus saying, no, look, when you fast, when you're experiencing this, now it's not that we don't share our burdens, right? When you're hurt and you're down, come share the burdens. We will pray for you. I want to pray for you, and I want to see deliverance. But it's not saying, oh, you know, woe is me. I'm fasting. Look at what I'm doing. You know, tell me how, how good I am, you know, and I'm fasting. He's saying, no, no, no. He's saying in the scripture, he's like, no, no, those are, those are the hypocrites, because they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Jesus said, truly, I say to you, they've received the reward, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Because Jesus is saying the fasting, it is this personal strength that happens. So I don't boast on how much I'm giving up. I focus on being close to God and depending on him, being strengthened by him. The whole aspect of I must decrease so that he must increase, this is our strength. That's why the gospel is not a gospel of works. You can't earn it. I can't earn it. And when you hear people trying to say, man, if you just do this or you just do this, and, and it's like it's, it's not a gospel of works. But... When I'm alive in, in Jesus, I'm alive in Christ, there should be a fruit and an evidence of my life. But that distinction is very important, right? 
I don't just do good things so I can get into heaven. When I give my life to Christ and I surrender, I am heaven bound, and he's alive in me. But if Jesus is really working in my life, the Bible says faith without works is dead. I should be loving my neighbor. I should be walking it out. I should see someone suffering and going, God, how can I help them? How can I walk with them? How can I pray with them? You know, one of the good, um, good reports that I'm getting from some group leaders, had a group leader talk to me today and talk about, Pastor Wade, in my group we have someone new coming in, and they're saying, man, I love Shoreline Community Church because you guys really care about people here. You really reach out to people here. I'm like, that's what the body of Christ should be doing. Because as we're alive in Christ, as we deny ourselves and follow Jesus, Jesus loved everyone around him. And he said, the evidence of my love in you is in how you love others. He said, don't, you know, don't say that you love God, but ignore your neighbor. Those two are connected, aren't they? Right? We need to walk with the Lord. So fasting, it strengthens us. But one final thing I want to share as the worship team comes today is that one of the big things that I've found as it relates to fasting is that fasting not only strengthens us, but fasting also reveals. (laughs) Fasting is a great revealer. You know, the beginning of the year, this is, this is when my doctor starts uh, sending me messages, right, and saying, it's time for your annual physical, Dwayne. Oh. <laughs> and I'm always like, can I just get off the holiday pounds before I come in, doctor, and then, then, then I'll come in and see you. I want you to see me at my best. But see, the doctor's like, no, you need to come in now. And, and a lot of doctors, they'll say, there's, there's, a, you know, there's a few tests I want you to do, and they'll often have you fast, Right? They'll say, I don't want you eating anything from this time on, or some will do longer fasts. Why do they do that? They do that because they don't want what you eat or what you drink to get in the way. Are we okay? Taking care of her okay. Amen. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Everyone was doing this. We love you, we're praying for you, but the doctor has you fast for a lot of these tests because he doesn't want anything to get in the way. She doesn't want to get anything to get in the way. So that when you go in and they do those tests, they need to see what's happening. And I'm here to tell you that spiritually, even more so. See, God knows everything, Jesus sees everything. But oftentimes, we're spiritual blind to our own things. We don't see what's going on. We have a wrong perception about it. See, I believe one of our biggest challenges as followers of Christ is spiritual blindness. That we're blind to the things around us. And often our biggest blindness is to ourself. We need to see. And we have a hard time seeing because we're constantly being distracted by so many things. I mean... Have you ever gotten on social media and just got caught just reeling and reeling and going through the funny reels and all this kind of stuff, and, you, and, you're, like, and you're amazed at how much time was just gone doing that? So many distractions around us. Fasting, it reveals the things we're depending on. Fasting reveals the things that we're focusing on because when we fast and we get away, and often I'll just get away by myself, and I'll start these appetites, or maybe I should check this, or I should check my email, or I should do that. And the Lord's saying, no, 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 no. It's just you and me right now. You need to hear from me. That's not your source. That's why fasting, when we turn to the Lord, 
I always walk out of it with greater spiritual clarity. Seeing things. See, fasting, it clears up that spiritual fog in our life. And how many, you want to head into this year just being able to see clearly. You want to head into this year and go, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to see what you're doing. I want to be able to walk confidently knowing this is where you're calling me. Fasting is one of the ways that the Lord does that. I mean, it's pretty hard and dangerous to drive. Have you been been on I-5 one of those rare times and the fog just comes in and the whole traffic slows, hopefully, slows down? It slows down because we can't see anything. Or maybe you've been on the water, you're a boater, and the fog comes in, right? You start looking at, you start looking, where's, where's my compass? Where's my GPS lo- located? Because when the fog is there, you're vulnerable. Where do we go? How do we go? What do we do? See, the good thing about fasting is it clears it up. We thin our lives to thicken our communion with the Lord. and We hear, we, we hear his voice more clearly. We, we walk through him. That's why some of the most important things that, that happen in the scripture, that before they happen, we see these men and women of God, that before they went in, they went into a season of fasting. Think about Esther when she was preparing to go before the king. It says in, in Esther 4.16 where Esther called, Go gather all the Jews to be, to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will fa- also fast as you do. And then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Because Esther was going, I need to hear, I need to know. When Moses was with God receiving the Ten Commandments, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights when he was with God. God was his sustainer. And it's worth mentioning again that before Jesus went into public ministry, the very Son of God fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. That's why when the disciples came back from ministry and they said, Jesus, it didn't work. We're walking with you. We're we're doing the formulas. We're saying the things. It's not working. Jesus said, look, this is only done through prayer and... Are you seeing how important fasting is? It's tough, isn't it? It's tough to say, deny ourselves and follow Jesus. But let me encourage you, as we walk into this year... If this is something that's not a a regular part or it's not a new part, if you want to hear the Lord, if you want things to be revealed, what are the things in my life? The Bible is clear. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. So Lord, speak. Your servants, we're listening today. Because Lord, the fact that we're here... (laughs) Lord, I believe these people, they want to walk with you. They want to know you. They, they want to hear your voice. They want to see you clearly. So, Lord, help us today, I pray, as we walk in this discipline in your name. Amen. I'm going to invite the prayer team to, to, to come forward. And as we respond, the, the team, they're going to lead us in a song. But here's just a couple ideas of just some response. These are just prompts. But, you know, a, a great response to the message today is try fasting. <laughs> try fasting. Again, if you have a medical condition, talk to your doctor. But just try a meal. Try a day. Um, you know, I've done this before where I fasted from sunrise to sunset. Be careful at sunset not to gorge yourself. You might get sick. But There's lots of ways. There's Daniel fasted. There's, there's lots of ways of doing this. But use that time just to pray and to meditate on God's word. 
And ask God during this time, you know, ask the Lord, Lord, where am I spiritually blind? Where, where am I missing it? I'm, I'm shutting everything off. I'm shutting off this meal, this, this time, and saying, God, just where am I missing it? Where am I blind? Where, what's happening? Ask the Lord to reveal things that are getting in the way. And this, a great response to this is also, what other spiritual disciplines need to be strengthening? Is it prayer? Maybe it's fasting, but is it, you know, is it, is it gathering together? Is that a tough one? Is it, is it serving one another? Is it, is it gen, generosity, giving, serving? Is it confession? Is, is confession tough? Is celebrating others, is that tough for you? Whatever it may be. But boy, my prayer is as a body of Christ that we would walk into this year going, God, I don't want to miss it. I want to lay hold of this. I'm telling you, the opportunity is rich. There are so many opportunities. But before the Lord launches us, he prepares us. And this is one of those things. One of those things. So can we all stand together today? Father, as we respond now, Lord, I know that you've, you, you've called us to be your salt, your light. God, to be your ambassadors, Lord, to be used by you wherever we go, at home, at work, when we're shopping, when we're having fun. And Father, we don't want to miss a thing. So Lord, as we've talked about last week, prayer, and today, fasting, Lord, stir us in those areas that we need to step forward. Stir us in the things that we need to do. Lord, I pray that spiritual fog would be lifted and that we would walk confidently in your name. And everyone said together, Amen. So today, if you want greater clarity, come forward for prayer. If you want to hear the Lord stronger, come forward for prayer. Turn to the person next to you. Go to the wall and write down. If you're saying, I will commit to fast, go to the prayer wall. Write it out. There's something about writing it out. But let's respond in some way so that we can walk into this new season stronger with our spiritual eyes open in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Lord, I pray that as we walk through, Lord, as we're getting ready, Lord, that we would enter the, the spiritual gym you've invited us into, praying, fasting, seeking you, allowing our lives to decrease so that Christ may increase in us because we can do all things, but we can only do it through Christ who gives us strength. So we lean into you and we give you thanks. If, if you're going, you know, Pastor Wade, I'd like to have some more information on that. Just email us, info at shorelinecc.com or fill out a connection card. And I can send you some great links with some very practical resources on different ways to fast and what that means. But let's engage. Let's do it. You ready to do it? All right, here's our benediction. Here's our benediction. Let's say this before we leave today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now go and live for Jesus. I love you all so much. God bless you all.